Today, the sun rose over the water. I could see this through the trees. Tomorrow, the sun will also rise, regardless of whether I can see it. Welcome to the Nature of Phenology, where we share the cycles and seasons of the outdoors. I'm your host, Hazel Stark, and this episode was written by Joe Horn. Springtime always brings out the forager in me. Now, I'm not typically someone who goes to great lengths to stock up to a high degree on a wilderness bounty, with the exception of a few berries, mushrooms, fiddleheads, and fish. I am much more content allowing the wild things to remain wild and focus my foraging efforts to my rhubarb patch, garden, and local grocery store. But every now and again, when I stumble upon certain choice wild foods in great abundance during my ramblings, I will take a small sampling just to remind myself of the wonderful culinary delights that exist in the woods. This time of year, when I am patrolling some of my favorite fishing holes, I keep my eye to the stream side in hopes of discovering the old twining stems of one choice edible, the ground nut. Several foods across the world have earned the common name, ground nut, but the plant by that name that is growing in mesic streamside soils all across our fine state is Apios americana. Other common names include the potato bean and wild potato. One can glean from these various common names a few hints about this plant and its utility as food. The plant is a twining vine in the pea family that I have found most often in streamside locations in an area of full sun. Even more specifically, I have found them right at or slightly above a moderate flood level of a stream. They seem most at home in fairly well-drained soils, and I have found some of the thickest patches in areas with slightly sandy soils. While there isn't much to the plant right now, by the end of the growing season, the vines will stretch 6 to 10 feet and will be clamoring all across riparian vegetation. The leaves of the groundnut are pinnately compound, and by summer, the plant will be adorned with lovely spikes of maroon and pink flowers that share the same banner wing and keel shape of so much of the pea family. But it's not the leaves nor the flowers I am looking for at this time of year to help me locate a patch of groundnuts. It is instead the old vines from last year that I keep my eye out for. They will still be holding on to shrubs and small trees like thin pieces of hay, but contorted and corkscrew-shaped. If I follow these telltale old stems back to the ground, they are generally still attached to the rhizomes, or underground stem, of this perennial plant. But before we dig down into the soils to hopefully extract our wild foraged prize, a brief note on safety. For those of you who have spent some time crashing along sunny patches along rivers, perhaps anglers getting to their favorite fishing holes or whitewater enthusiasts scouting the next set of rapids, you might have noticed that it is often in these places that poison ivy can also reside, and their leaves are not out yet either. So if ever you are digging groundnuts, beware of the potential to be digging around in the roots of poison ivy, which can give you an equally uncomfortable rash as the leaves. Now, back to the digging. I follow these stems back to the ground, and I carefully dig around the stem until I find the underground portion of the plant. From there, I carefully follow this rhizome, digging here and pulling there, until I unveil the lump of a thumb-sized tuber, then another, and another, until I have what looks somewhat like small potatoes strung along on a necklace. I tend to not harvest many of these because of the work involved and the disturbance I cause to the land. 
but a few taken home, cleaned, and fried up in a little butter or steamed lightly make for superb table fare, similar to a potato but with a finer and more dense texture. So this weekend, if you are out and about on a hike or a fishing excursion, you can keep your eye to the bank side for the old vines of a ground nut. If you do have interest in harvesting some, be sure to ask the landowner's permission, be mindful of how much you take, and try to minimally disturb the landscape. You can download this episode and find a link to the transcript, photos, information about podcasting, and more by visiting archives.weru.org. Thanks for listening, and please join us next week for another dive into the nature of phonology. (laughs) 